Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. The parents, they have the greatest incentive to fix their kid. I mean, you're not this guy's family. On some level, you could say, fuck this kid. And it wouldn't really change your life. But for them, it would. They got to live with this kid. I mean, he's got, how is he supposed to, if he can't take care of himself, how is he supposed to take care of them when they get of old age? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it's it is what it is. Um, and how hard is it to take care of yourself? I mean, you can probably break it down into a few categories that can each be mastered over a small period of time. Food, you have to eat to survive. Here's the thing, like... <laughs> Exercise. You, what, how do you take care of yourself when others are taking care of things for you? You know yeah, what I'm saying? He doesn't even have a chance. That's the sad thing. They're not even giving him a fair shot. And I feel like, ironically, what the best thing is, is like, all right, like, have a beer with me. Smoke a little pot with me. Let me get real with you for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, I can't and, and, be and, real and with that's, you. And that's, that's, that's the scary thing. There's no one. In, it's the same problem that happens with celebrities. There's no one in his world that's being real with him. Everybody around him, his parents have set it up so that it's not possible for him to have a, a genuine interaction with anybody. Otherwise, this, the bullshit would be exposed. Yeah. Should I explain this, well, this situation to the viewers, the audience, the listeners? Yeah. yeah so basically... Uh, but try to, try to keep it in code. Yeah, I'm going to keep it in code. So basically... Uh, this Muslim family hired me. Uh, <laughs> 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 so basically, this Muslim family hired me. And uh, as a supportive companion, uh, you know, their son, you know, kind of just went off track a little bit. You know, he just needs some help as, you know, we struggle in life. And, you know, uh, thankfully, this Muslim family is very wealthy. So uh, they, uh, you know, hired me to be this supportive companion. He has his own apartment here in Davis. He has a roommate. Um, there's another person. And oh, the team of us, uh, we try and to... And the roommate is hired on as well by the parents. Yes, but he is not paying rent. So that his payment is rent. He's yeah. basically not paying rent. Um, and so it's a team of us. And we need to try to normalize him and encourage him, you know, to kind of go after life but how do you the the thing about it is like i can't like i could do that but like when you pay me and then you set these guidelines and these rules then it becomes unorganic somehow mm. uh even though it is an organic relationship there's this overarching like you know cloud where there, it's, there's some filtering going on exactly there's some <clears throat> filtering going on and that one percent of filter fil filtration doesn't allow it to be a hundred percent real. It's ninety nine percent real, not a hundred. But that one percent can really make a difference in someone in someone's life. So it's it's a Truman Show existence. But he knows he's on the Truman Show. But nobody can break character, even though he knows he's on the Truman Show. And you're <laughs> you're aware of the thing, right? Basically, the it's show about someone's life, right? Jerry, Jim Carrey was in it. Yeah, yeah. Where they they I set up. Bit, long story short, they have this guy who is living his life, but the whole life that he's living is a is a show. It's a set. It's basically a Hollywood production. And he's the only one who doesn't know that he's in this Hollywood production. But then <laughs> later on, he figures it out. Yeah. Right? And uh, this is not too far off from what <laughs> one of your, nice. at least one of your jobs is. Your job is to be an actor in the Truman Show for this kid, and his parents are the ones that set up the show, right? So... He had some troubles. You said some kind of mental health breakdown or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, he just went. He just went to. He went. He went. He went uh, uh, um, to a different state for school, uh, and he failed his classes. And you know, I, I'm not. Maybe there was some other details back home that I'm, I got that didn't get told to me. Maybe he lashed out or something at his parents in a in a in a you know different way that the family's not used to. You know, maybe he heard a few voices in his head. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, he just fell off the wagon of life, and uh, you and know. then as a reaction to that, his parents said, "Let's hire a bunch of people so to be his friends." What, basically, there was a program they put him into there, and it was actually a very similar setup to what we're doing here. Basically, uh, he was living in an environment where people were paid to live to live there, um, 
and you know they would have like dinner nights it would be they interact with him you know he'd have his like uh psychologist or whatever he'd go visit and so it's uh basically like a a um a type of it's like a almost like a rehab yeah that's but, what it sounds like. yeah but um it's like it's very free living you know mm. um so the parents are trying to replicate that model which i think is actually a really good model because like you know for people who have mental illness like sometimes the, the hardest things is just meeting people and making yeah. friends right yeah i agree uh so you know this kid that i'm working with helping out like what how how different how worse of would have it would have it been if i wasn't there right mm -hmm. how would he have really you know interacted with people and make a connection with so it is a good thing that the parents are doing but i think they could be having a lot more potential if there wasn't you know like a cage that or like this filtration thing that they're putting on yeah it, i think the problem is everyone in his world is paid <laughs> like if it was just a few people and then he also was interacting just you know he was going to play soccer on the weekends or something with normal people then I think that would be very beneficial because he'd have some stability with the, the paid people. And then also he'd have the opportunity to interact with regular, normal people who don't, and they don't have to know anything about his Truman world. Yeah, they don't, you know, and but because it seems to be completely paid, that is the scary thing for me hearing about this from the outside. And I try to, uh, you know, offer, you know, to uh, suggest to the parents and uh, to the mom or like suggest to even him sometimes like, Hey, like, let, let, let's go hang out with like uh, my friend Roz or let's let's hit up JP like let's go do something yeah. with them or and then you know uh responses I would get from like the, the parents is like oh well, like it's really important for Ethan to have that one-on-one -on -one time with you or oh make sure there's that there's no drugs or alcohol like at wherever you're going and it's like how am I supposed to control for like something like that that's yeah. not like you know what I mean so at it, his age having people who are using drugs and alcohol is the norm yeah, and, and and you know it's 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 all it's all, and it's it doesn't really mean a, he has to use. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to. Like, has he, he? Did he have any addiction problems in the past? No, I, he used to smoke hella weed when he was, which I think triggered all this. Oh. He smoked hella well, weed, but he doesn't crave weed anyway. He doesn't yeah, smoke yeah. it, he and 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 he probably. Well, I guess it's different for everybody, but um, a lot of the time, what happens with things like. Uh, with mental illnesses where psychotic symptoms are part of the mental illness is that uh, there's a genetic component and there's component and there's an environmental component. Yeah. And smoking weed can be a heavy environmental component that can kind of be the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so, yeah, it definitely could have played a role. But he might already be like he might be like me. We're, we're not interested in smoking weed because we've already experienced uh you know kind of the downsides of what weed can bring for us i'd say so what would you what, like so i feel like you have a pretty good background in in mental illness and and starting from the bottom and climbing yourself back up out of it on some level but what was cool about mine is that uh i had what i'm advocating for which is i had some controlled environment but then i also could just interact with people and without anybody knowing or caring would about you say my mental health going world. to jail actually was therapeutic for your child oh, yeah it was therapeutic it was so, because the thing about it is like as a black dude when you're doing well in school that's like the worst thing that you could do as a black person <laughs> it's like it's the most shameful thing you could do in the community you have to kind of like hold your head down and scurry around because it's not very well respected now in pasadena where i grew up I just visited Pasadena, by the way, this past week. But where I grew up, it wasn't as bad, but it was still pretty bad. <laughs> like you still, it'd still be much better to just be a football player that got all D's than to be someone who was like interested in philosophy, <laughs> right? But I was the second guy. So you have to understand, it's like, I don't think this is true universally, but being someone who's in college can be an incredibly shameful thing if you're a black dude. So there's there's kind of a weight you're carrying around. Like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, there's people who are just, you know, living in the streets or whatever. They're, they're doing it or whatever the fuck they're doing. And here I am living this wonderful life, you know. I go to the fucking cafeteria. 
and there's great food. I'm going to meet with professors and shit. People are dying in the streets. You know what I mean? Friends. So anyhow, um, in a weird way, going to jail is a way of uh, dealing with that type of anxiety because you meet a lot of the people who dropped out in middle school. Mm. You see what I mean? When you go to jail, how many people in the room out of a 50-person room have a high school diploma? One or two. When I was there, it was only one, me. And then maybe eight other people had GEDs, you know, and these guys might be in their 40s or something, and they just got their GED in their 30s. So education really is not, um, it's not valued in that environment, but it's, it's, it's cool to be able to connect with people that, uh, I, I've, I just wasn't able to connect with before. And I, I understood a, a part of, uh, a part of what I had always felt was a part of black culture. I understood parts of that from the other side too, because I was having the experience of the person who was in the jail instead of the person who was like doing the, the school thing that nobody understood that was shameful, blah, 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 blah. Now I'm like, Oh no, I'm with the people who would be shaming that type of thing. And we're connecting and it's not a bad experience. So, um, Oh, it's like, so you got to really interact with those people that you wouldn't necessarily have interacted with because you were in school, but because you're in jail, yeah. you're seeing a different perspective from your side and their side. And their side. And it's cool. It's, there was no, like, I didn't have one bad experience with the people I was with. My bad experiences were like, you know, uh, it, it was more like me and the guards or me and the, the way that the court system works is annoying. Like, for instance, one thing that happens is most people who are arrested are not charged. They're arrested so that they can um, go to trial. But you're innocent that whole time. So people could spend two years in a jail waiting for a trial but they're and then beat the trial. So then technically they were never supposed to be in jail in the first <laughs> place. So there are annoying things about it. But as far as, like, interacting with the people, I didn't have a... I, I felt like maybe I had an abnormal experience. Maybe I was lucky, but I didn't have a bad experience. What I had was more of like a psychology, like psychologically deep experiences because even though we had a lot that wasn't in common, like I never sold drugs. I'd never sold pussy. I wasn't a pimp or anything like what we did have in common was deeply psychological. Like, um, for instance, the, uh, this might, this might be old school way of thinking, but back in the day, psychologists used to define people as like a hurt child, meaning that when you were a kid, you went through some kind of a traumatic experience and that shaped the way that you viewed the world. So then going forward as an adult, there's a lot of things that are natural to you that really are there because you were hurt as a child. And everyone who was hurt as a child kind of has these same similar characteristics. And I had those characteristics. But when I was in school, nobody was like me. And it w- when I went to jail, I met people who were actually like me. And that was the thing that we had in common. Mm. So it was like, like for instance, I, I grew up without my parents. I, I lived with them for a while. And then I started living with my aunt and uncle. And it was kind of a rough experience. A lot of good things happened. But there was some emotionally rough stuff. I coped with that by doing better in school. I just focused harder on school. Other people coped with similar types of experiences differently and they ended up going to the streets or whatever we're both in a jail and we're like hey like what's your relationship with your mom like and it was the first time for me like when i was in school people i felt like they weren't hurt people and i was the only hurt person but when I was in jail, I was able to connect with people who had my psychology. Even though they didn't give a fuck about math, they never cared about art. Like, from a primal perspective, we were actually more similar than a lot of the people that I, I'd be around. Like, entrepreneurship, I feel like, is a hurt child thing. Where you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do this shit myself. That anger that's at the heart of a lot of entrepreneurs comes usually from getting dissed in some way. And... If you think about it, selling drugs is entrepreneurship. Oh, for sure. So (laughs) it's a business. A a lot of the people who are like, fuck this, I want to just get my own, I resonate with not so much as like we have the same academic background, but I had the same approach to life as you. 
I have the same. I understand why you would go this route when a lot of people wouldn't understand that because it's more of an emotional thing. It's more of like, you know what? I'm capable of it. So, so I'm going to do it. Whereas I saw with a lot of students, the way they process the world is like, what's the easiest? The way we would process it was like, what do I really want before I die? Like when I was in the domes over the summer, I was writing that math paper. My approach was, I'm going to die or I'm going to write this fucking paper. And a lot of people don't understand that. But people I met in jail, they understood that attitude. The do or die mentality. Yeah, the do or die. Like, hey, listen, man, I don't really care. I don't care what anybody says or thinks. This is what's going to happen because I'm going to will it. And I think it's because it comes from a long time ago. Like when we were forming, these attitudes were important for us that, hey, Maybe there's not as many people looking out for me. So if I don't fight for stuff, it's not going to happen. See, and you, once you, that becomes a die, part of you, yeah. Die, you know? Once that becomes a part of you, you resonate. You can see it in other people. You can see the hunger in people's that, eyes. And they all had that's that. That's called drive. Yeah, that's they had they drive. Have drive. Like yeah. people people in a jail have way more drive than people in in a school usually. So what would Although you, there are people in school who have that. And there are people in jail who don't have that. So then like if you were to tell this kid that I'm working with some you know, advice or just some wisdom. What would you What would you what tell would I him? say? I don't know. I would just hang out with him for a while I, because I would I would I would try to observe how he's living, how he's processing his own life, and then I try to fill in some gaps if I could. But I don't really know. I don't really know how yeah. he's doing anything. I mean, I mean, he just he's he's just about to start taking one class at Sac City, saying psychology. I, honestly, one thing I would ask him is, does he agree or disagree with his parents' strategy for his rehabilitation? See, you, that's a very good question. And it's and it's like, I have never talked to him about that. Yeah. I have never talked to him like, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, what do you think? Do like, you think what, that this is actually going to... And what right? does rehabilitation has even any, look like for him? Has anyone asked you? Like, yeah. Because... <laughs> and, I, I, and I think... Because we never ask those questions, it, it's just such a, it feels like, you know, this artificial type of setup. And it's like, maybe it's like, well, ask him what he thinks, right? The thing about it is, on some level, what he thinks matters because he has to, there's always going to be a point where he's going to have to be the one driving the ship, even if it's not now. Eventually, it's going to be it's going to get to a point where his will is going to be the main driver of his own success. And um, if he doesn't agree with the strategy, he's not going to have the will. So what if he agrees to strategy but doesn't have the will? still? oh, I don't know. Because I don't know. Because I think he does like what we're doing. Well, what I would say is how bad is life now? I mean, the only way to really test it is to remove all the support. And then just see how he survives, but that might be dangerous for him, right? It's, it's like sometimes I feel like I'm. Does he have a job? No. That would be a good step is to have him but get see, a job. That, that's the thing. Drive. He has no drive. A job where what's a, what would you say is an easy job for someone like you and me that we could just do effortlessly. Anyone could do it. I don't know. I mean, I would like say a, fast food, but I've never worked it. I imagine fast it's food actually, jobs hard. actually hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's say, um, mopping, let's, mopping let's just say how simple Joyrun could be, right? Yeah. Let's just say Joyrun, for example. Now, if you do Joyrun, can he drive? Much, can he do Uber or something like that? He doesn't have a car, but he will get one. Let's just say Uber, right? Uber would be a okay. good one. Let's say. Uh, we could agree that if you do too much Uber in one day, you'll get burned out and you'll say this job is hard. But if you do maybe like three or four rides, it's pretty easy, right? Yeah. If I do like three or four runs a day and joy run, that's not that hard. It gets hard and frustrating when I have to do 20 in a day. Even one joy run, even just the act of, oh, wait, uh, just call this place and make the order. Like very simple, like two-step, you know, task. Is difficult. Not difficult. It's just like he has no willpower. His willpower is extremely low. His tolerance to uh, frustration is very low. Yeah. Whereas, like, we could kind of like you fight it out. You know, uh, he'll just give up and quit. 
Um, that's that's very odd I've, because I've never uh, I've never been around it. What I would say is there's got to be something that he likes, and for the things that you like, you might be more willing to deal with frustration, and maybe he could use that as kind of a stepping stone well, yeah, to build I mean, up his tolerance. You know, he used to like you know he used to like playing soccer, and but you know now he's you know he can't really he's really you know like. A bigger guy, but... He can still play soccer as a bigger guy. If he played soccer, he wouldn't be a bigger guy. You know what actually might be really good? Some type of, like, pickup soccer games. Yeah. But, Sports you know, are an easy like place to, to start. Doesn't like to... How did he play before? How long ago was it since he last played? So he used to be a very different person before all of this. Yeah. You know what I'm imagine. saying? He used to be very different. Uh, Supposedly, he used to be different. But I don't know... Maybe if I knew him before then and knew him it'd now. It would be easier to be, motivate him. Right. Because you could just say, let's do the old stuff that you already know you like. Yeah. But, you know. Anyways, let's switch gears here for a moment because I want to talk about van life. There you go. Dude, so it's been about three months. September, October, November. Three, three months and a half. Since full van since life. Since full 100% van life. <laughs> and I have to say. I feel like I won the lottery of life. Mm. At first, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, like, I'm, like, I'm trying to get used to shaving in the school gym. Like, I'm that guy now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and like, you know, now I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'll just, like, walk naked in there. <laughs> like, I really don't give a fuck. Do you, you know? use an electric shaver, by the way? Uh, I do, and I don't. I use an electric shaver when I'm shaving my balls. Mm. And you could distinctively know that I'm doing that because... I go in like the shower and then you hear it. So it's like, oh, like we shave yeah, his balls. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I just like to do what I like to do. Uh, and so th- like getting used to things like that, getting used to filling up my water tank every week. But then these like van parties are incredible. And yeah. it's like I'm meeting so many people. It's like I'm back in Burning Man. Mm. You know, it, what's the difference? I'm cooking like I'll go out there, throw on my rug, whatever, do the hookah cook food, give it to people, give people drinks, Mm -hmm. have people come in the van, meet randos. It's the same thing at Burning Man. Burning Man's free drinks, free food, you know, interactions. It's like nothing's ever changed. Um, It's like a one large social experiment. It's like, what can I like, like do to kind of like make you think like, oh, like I want to, I want to see like, what's your reaction to different scenarios? Yeah. Would you be doing the same thing in 1998, 1998 Honda Civic? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, so it's no, the no. van. But is it the van? Or is it me? Is it the atmosphere that I'm creating? Is it the sink? Is it the stove? You know? Oh, is it well, Definitely like... the stove has a lot to do with that. Because <laughs> that's how you can produce food on the fly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's been a struggle. Uh, everyone's going to be a hater. I was out uh, a week. Peter's going to hate. Uh, I was out maybe a week a week or so ago just drinking, um, you know, with the girl and, you know, van life, just me and her. And Woodstock employee comes out and it's like, hey, you guys got to be stopped doing it. You know, you got you yeah, to yeah, stop yeah, doing yeah. that. And I'm I like, was there, actually. It was when no, that. Uh, oh, you I, came, I, after, I came right? after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were that, there, yeah. When yeah. that sexy cop. <laughs> Look, I don't even want to know what you guys are smoking in there, but I want in. <laughs> you said, this You're is under to- arrest, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> you said, this is tobacco. She said, hey, I, I don't want to know. Said, Damn, this, is, this cop is bad. Yeah. So, you know, things like that. That's like, that's, that's signs when, by the way, they thought we were doing coke. Um, and then they tried to make the argument that you were robbing cars. <laughs> no, they were trying to say, we, there's been a lot of break-ins happening and we're scared for you. So you better leave. That's dumb. Why would they, how could they break in when there's people right there in the car? Maybe it was just that I was attracting a lot of attention to that one spot. And that's what they didn't like. That's what would prevent the car break in people. If I was going to break into a car, I'd go to an area where there's nobody there. I wouldn't go to an area <laughs> where there's a van street? party. <laughs> that's the worst. Strategically, that's the worst trying place. to get at. That we were being they a were just, disturbance. Basically, they were just saying, get the fuck out. And they came up with a reason after the fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I have, I have done coke in the van with random people before. 
Um, but how extreme is that, that the people who were working at the business that you were parked in front of would assume Coke right off the bat? Well, they assumed Coke because people were complaining and thinking that we were doing Coke, but we were not. We were just drinking. Why would anybody just automatically assume Coke, though? Like, there's people it, in a van. They're doing Coke. Why Coke? It. I think it made it look... Maybe someone saw a, a, a movement. I don't know what. <laughs> like, I was, like, pouring a... Maybe I was pouring a drink, and it looked like I was cutting but up something. To me, that's the obvious argument. They're drinking in the van. Because then you could say... Maybe if, the whole thing was made up. Maybe they just said that because they really wanted me to get scared and leave. Maybe that's what it was. Because the drinking, there's something interesting there, which is that if everyone's drinking, how are you going to drive the van away? Right. Well, the thing about the drinking is that if I'm drinking outside, now I'm potentially fucking with their out liquor's license. Oh, it's in front of this establishment, this business. Yeah. So I don't like that drinking outside. Um, there's nothing wrong with me blasting my music and people hanging outside the van. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, when I was starting to do that hookah coal shit, then yeah. it really freaked them out. That's probably what it was. <laughs> and then they came out. They're yeah. like, hey, you guys. Got I'm like, wait, well, I'm not doing anything illegal here. I'm just lighting up my hookah. Yeah, that's okay. I didn't know about the the coal thing. So that's when you put the coals in this little basket and yeah, spin it around and then they get red hot. Yeah, And yeah. you were doing that and that's when they came out? They came out a second time. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. probably why. But, uh, you know... It, Anyhow, every argument was bad. The Stealing the cars was bad. The Coke one was bad. We but had the coals every... one is kind of good just because it's weird. Like this guy spinning around a fiery thing in front of our business. Hey, man, they're fucking with my culture, man. That's racist. <laughs> That's racist. Hookah, is hookah Persian? Hell yeah, it's Persian. Right. It's so fucking Middle Eastern. It's, it, it is Persian. <laughs> it's Indian. It's Pakistani. It's Turkish. It's Arabic. It's, it's everything. It's Do Afghan. Do you think that cop could have been Middle Eastern? She could have been. She, she could have been. been a Palestinian chef. She Who knows? Been, uh, um, I wonder what it would be like to date a cop. It's like, do you tell her you want to do coke? Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, this is off the record, but I got some I coke. Know. I know. And, and and if you are a cop, are you always a, like, are all cops straight edge people? No, 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 no. No, I mean, like, I know they drink, but do they? Like, I guess, no, dude, definitely no. You have experience with this. Um, actually, yeah, I do have experience with it. Yeah, I do have experience with it. So I, when w there was this black cop when I was in jail, he's a CO technically, but there was this black cop when I was in jail that all the black people said this dude hates black people, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't believe him, right? But then I had an incident with him, and I realized after the fact, like you know what, that was racist, what just happened, and uh, it was he's that, racist to his own kind. Yeah, he was like a military guy, black super guy. Black, yeah. <laughs> And uh, he just hated black people who were in jail because I guess, I don't know why, but maybe he thought it made him look bad or something. So he was extra hard on black people. And anyhow, he's going through, my, my, the person who had a bunk right next to me was a tattoo artist. He was a white dude. He was actually the leader of the whites. And, um, you know, he had various equipment that was illegal. And uh, one day the black dude comes by and he says, okay, I'm checking everybody's bunk to see if you guys have contraband. So we all have to go stand somewhere else while he searches through our underwear and everything and whatever, our bins, beds, etc. Anyhow, he yells out, who's on bunk 22? And that was my bunk. So I said, yeah, here, right here. And he's like, all right. And he came down and he said, we're going to have to go outside. <laughs> so I was like, what? What did I do? And he's like, no, no questions. And he took me out. And keep in mind, I'm, I'm in a jail, so like... This is one of the worst things that can happen to you is you're isolated with a cop because um, there's like a no uh, a zero tolerance for snitching or talking to police in any way in a jail. So if you're isolated, it sets you up for people to think that you're talking to the police, even if you aren't. So I'm like, fuck, man, fuck, how am I going to handle this? You know what I'm saying? He takes me out and uh, we hit a corner and then he's like, all right, stand against this wall. So put your arms up. I stand against the wall and he starts lifting up my pant legs and then he starts looking at my arms and then uh, he turns me around. Same thing. And he's like, hmm. All right, let's go back in. And I was like, wait, what happened? What's going on right now? And he's like, oh, um, we found tattoo equipment on your bunk. And I was like, and, he, and he's he, apparently the, the whole thing was like he was checking to see if I had prison tattoos. 
because I guess there's from his prison tattoos. Oh yeah, you can definitely get tattoos in jail and prison. <laughs> but it's it's a really really savage way of doing it because it's not like nothing sterilized, nothing is like oh super high quality. And wait, and that needle, right? There's a needle. Do they, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah. I'm sure that needle is used to that, harm people as well, right? If you want, I mean, <laughs> arguably the tattoos themselves are harmful. Okay, right. And it's not a real needle. You can't just go to the store and buy a needle. They, they you have to like needle. sharpen something metal in order to make a needle. God. So yeah, it's it's not sanitary. So you had. Uh, tattoo prison tattoo equipment no my the person next to me did and he made a mistake thinking it was me right (laughs) so then he takes me back in and then uh he's like okay it wasn't you and he continues on with the whole thing and then i end up settling it nobody thought i was a snitch they realized it was a different thing and it all got settled but then i thought about it why wouldn't he now i was on a bunk that was the very edge it was the very corner normally it's like there's somebody on your right and somebody on your left for me there was only somebody on my left if you thought it was me a black dude and then you filtered me out why wouldn't you give the same scrutiny and investigation to the next guy if you would have done that you would have found the person who was doing the tattoos instead when he realized it wasn't me he gave up the whole investigation so it's institutionalized racism. I don't know about that. I just know that this dude, well, it's was, like... he wasn't being fair about it. He wasn't actually trying to answer the question, is anyone use, doing tattoo shit? He was just trying to answer the question, is this black dude doing it? Yes or no? And when the answer was no, he was satisfied. Wait, he singles you out. Yeah, instead yeah. of just saying, okay, then the next dude next to him, it might be his equipment. Let me check him for prison tattoos. Let me just go down the list until I find the but guy. But he did say, who's bunk number 22, right? Yeah. Was that your bunk? That was my bunk. He found it in your in your bunk, though? That's still a mystery. Because the thing about it was, guess what? When the white dude went back to his bunk, the tattoo shit was there pretty wide. It, it wasn't that hidden. So huh. it's possible that he found it on the other dude's bunk and then just fucking said it. he found it on mine. Damn. So I was like, dude, what the fuck? Why are you such a bad investigator? Oh, you're not bad. You're just a shitty cop. (laughs) You're not a bad investigator. You don't have to be a genius to realize that, oh, it's possible that something could have slid over. Or maybe if it wasn't this one, maybe it was the next one. Maybe I got the bunk numbers wrong. It was like you just didn't do a clean search. Or if you did a clean search, you would have known there was overwhelming evidence that it was this other person and no evidence that it was me. How much more like a different is jail from prison? How much more is like I don't know because I didn't I didn't go. But everyone in jail says prison is prison is way better. What? Yeah, which is fucking extreme. I is know. It, it's, it's the hilarious. whole things about like oh like uh <laughs> like you're either predator or prey. Is that true? Or like like if you're not careful, like someone's gonna come and fuck you or something like that. Is that like really I true? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about prison. Definitely not the jail I was in. Yeah, that was not the case. <laughs> the jail I was in was just don't fuck with anybody else and you're fine. Did you see any? What was the craziest shit you saw in jail? This guy, this guy, I don't know if it's the craziest, but it's kind of funny. This guy, um, this new dude came in off the streets and he was hungry. And a lot of people in jail are not violent criminals. They're just homeless people or they're people who are addicted to drugs. So he was one of those guys. He was a white dude, came in off the streets. Number one rule in jail, don't steal anything. Um, long story short, we also have, um, we have goods delivered to the jail on Tuesdays. And what a lot of people will do is they'll have auctions. So they'll buy like 10 honey buns and then they'll say, if you put in not auctions, but they'll, they'll gamble. And they'll say, if you put in, if you pay a dollar, then you have the chance to win $10. Is this set up by the People in jail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are everyone's an entrepreneur in jail. So you can, there's a thousand businesses <laughs> oh at any, any moment. Services, products, anything you want. <laughs> Somebody's producing. It's like Burning Man. <laughs> it, it is, and it's it's its own ecosystem. And there's a beauty to uh, any kind of like closed system like that. But anyhow, um, and it's barter based. There's no money, so everything's like you can trade goods for goods, but uh, everything's negotiation, handshake, but. Anyhow, people set up these things so you could pay a dollar, you can win a bunch of shit. This hungry dude, homeless dude, first day there, happens to be a Tuesday. People start stacking up 
loads of fucking goods, honey buns, Snickers, everything that somebody who's hungry would fucking make their mouth water for. And uh, he decides, I'm just going to grab one, you know. There's He's like, just going to start taking I'm just, it. I'm just going to grab one. And, and eat it? Yeah, just eat it. Nobody will know. Well, he's a white dude, and the person who set it up is a Mexican dude. So he's like, hey, yo, who took my fucking honey bun? Because he stacked him up and left and came back. And that's when the white dude took it. He, who took my fucking honey bun, man? No stealing. And uh, nobody knew, but then um, somebody saw the white dude had a honey bun under his pillow. He took it out, took a bite and stuffed it back under. <laughs> and they said, yo, we know who did it. So the leader, oh, so the leader of the whites, who happens to be basically my bunk mate leader of the whites yeah <laughs> so it's it's actually like that like the white people the yeah, yeah the white people the mexican people. people black people is there a persian thing. group <laughs> there's there's a other group oh the other right. it's, it's mostly asians in, in san jose but persians <laughs> would fit in there i knew a romanian dude who was another because he's white but he's from eastern europe so he's like i'm not one of these fucking dudes <laughs> i'm another bro <laughs> so they go the leader of the whites your bunk the mate. leader of the whites says yo we got to take care of this shit because uh, it was a white dude that did it. And he's not talking to me. I'm saying that this was told to me after the fact. So uh, there's only like three, four white dudes. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they set him up. He was all, the, So the new guy with the honey bun, half-eaten honey bun under his pillow, they send three white dudes down there and they wake him up. And then they just beat him up while he's... <laughs> In his bed, oh they just start they start pounding him, and then the white dude sends two honey buns to the Mexicans, and he's like, "Okay, sorry, this was one of ours. We're gonna pay you back, and we'll give you some extra. Sorry for the trouble, right? We don't want any race wars here." So, is this that? that those are those, these rules, right? So, if you cross these rules, there actually is serious consequences. Yeah, but the consequences you're gonna get beat up. So, if you if you if you're okay with fighting. Sure, but you got to fight like 12 people, and that's usually not fun. 12 or more. Seems like a pretty, <laughs> I mean, and I guess in the real world, this seems severe. I guess when you're in there, it's like, yeah, okay, it's, whatever. It's, yeah, I mean, it depends. A lot of people like fighting. So there's like UFC guys in there. Yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to fight. <laughs> like, hours I, I met this 18-year-old dude who was at least 6'3", at least 230 pounds, muscle. I was like, where... Where do they build people like you? He's like, oh, I just came from Juvie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, um, they end up firing on this guy. And the, the punchline of the story is they beat him up so badly. But then they let him go. They're like, all right, this is over. You got your punishment. Right? So he stands up and he walks out from his bed and he's walking toward the TV area. And he's so, like, disoriented that he falls Hits his head on a metal bench on the way down. And by the time he hits the ground, he shits himself. So then people are like, yo, yo, it smells like shit, man. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> and then uh, they have to mop up the shit and take all of his stuff and throw him out of the pot. So. What did he, did he go to like a medical unit or something? I don't know where they sent him, but he was out of there. And, Holy um, fuck. Anyhow, that was all on the same Tuesday, like. Guy came in, took a honey bun, got beat up, ended up taking a shit on the floor. Somebody had to mop up shit. And then one of the prison, uh, the people in jail. One of the white dudes, and then uh, he ended up. They they moved all of his shit. See, that's like out. that's like the perfect real life jail experience and something you'd see in a TV show too at the same time. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like jail drama. Like yeah, yeah. There's you know, I mean. It's but it's it's one of those. That's the only rule that's like that. Where it's like no stealing is the only general rule. But a more interesting note is that there's these rules within groups. Like uh, you know, there's uh, like black people don't do sex play, for instance. What do you mean? You can't do any weird sex related shit if you're a black dude. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're probably gonna get jumped. But there's other groups that do a lot of sex play. Wait, so, like, like, oh, it's they're like, um, and it's just a general term for anything sexual. But I'll give you an example. There's the dick game, which is literally a dick measuring contest. But here's why it's sex play, because you have to get hard to measure the dick. So two people get hard, and then they 
hold each other's dicks next to each other. And then there's a judge to see who has the bigger dick. What the fuck? And here's the creepiest thing. You don't win by having the biggest dick. You win. Well, let me not say, because I don't know for sure, but this is how it seemed. You win by finding the biggest dick. So it's a game where people are constantly asking people, let me see your dick. Which is sex play because it's like, dude, I don't want to show you my dick. And I sp- is there like a prize or something? Is there a prize? It's just for <laughs> fucking clout. It's just because everybody's bored. You know? What the So there's fuck? several experiences where I'll go into the bathroom and somebody's like, can I see your dick, bro? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't play the dick game. Like, oh, okay, okay. No disrespect. No disrespect. Or like one time I was taking a piss and a guy was just staring at my dick. I'm like, I don't play the I don't. I'm not. I don't do that. Dude. You're like I'm black. I can't play. <laughs> I can't. I, I, already, I would love to, de- but I can't. By play. default, I stereotypically have a bigger dick than you. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's like, oh yeah, no, no, no disrespect. No, I got it. My, my, my bad, bro. My bad. And it's kind of like, dude, this is or people would just straight up dry hump. You know, what? because it's just something to do. Do they miss? Is it, are these like bisexual gay men? Or do they actually miss? Like they've been there so long, they miss like that feeling. Yeah, but you don't, yes, they've been there so long that they missed the feeling, but also you can't imagine, like, e- even if, um, even if you haven't been there for that long, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really painful to be away from women for, for too long. Like when you, when you can't even really see them, because unless there's a female CEO, you're not going to see a woman at all <laughs> for, for months. <laughs> And it's, it's, I remember there was a time where, uh, there was like, we were in trouble for something and they brought in a bunch of different guards at the same time. And one of them stepped to the front to give a speech, but they had this chick in the middle with huge breasts. And I was like, she was young too. She, I mean, she must've just joined the force and I was looking at her and I realized like my whole body was trembling because I just, I, I was having a, um, like a hormonal reaction to a woman even being in my presence. And she was just, I mean, she was pretty far away from me. But I imagine if she would have touched me, Jesus Christ. Probably like, would have came in your pants. I probably would have came in my, I, I might have fainted. It was like, <laughs> it was like, it, it's just a bad experience. It's, it's just a bad experience. We they, had teachers though, so that was something. What if... The idea of, of having co-ed prisons doesn't seem too bad, to be honest. It doesn't seem that bad at all. It, it, I mean, it, it could be bad for the women. Well, yeah, because they would get raped. Yeah, it could be really bad for the women. But if they weren't, if if, if kind of there was these rules, right, that people follow, that, hey, <laughs> if you do that, we're going to fuck you up. That's true. Did something just hit your van? Hold on. definitely moved man. it did move right yeah they hit it but of course they're gonna lie about it no she i mean she did she didn't lie about it but i mean there's no dent yeah as long let as me, there's no let damage. me just check double check understand how do, you, how do you hit it when you're in the front like you're seeing you usually you hit from the behind right yeah it's because some people don't know how much uh, they don't have a good sense spatially of like how far away the front of their car is it's because the engine's in the front my engine is in the back so I have a really but even then i mean just knowing how far just having a sense of how big your car is general from the outside is uh 
it could solve for that even if the engine swapped or switched to whichever place it is yeah well the thing is i just got a brand new bumper so like if i get kind of pissed off if you know it got dented now if it got dented i just tell her to pay for the whole thing mm. pay for everything yeah because that's the only fair thing to do right well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest with you. If if someone hits my car, they should pay for the damages. Mm. If it wasn't my fault. Yeah. Well, it's your fault for getting a new bumper <laughs> for living van life. <laughs> and then dip out. Oh, man. Yeah, van life is, is very fun. It's Van life has helped me get more chicks than Tinder. There you go. In person. It's the In best person. way. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the thing about that is when you think about communication, there's so many different ways that we communicate, but you can't imitate body language in any way or tone. That's why text messaging sucks so much. You, there's so much more that happens when you're in person. Yeah, totally. Um, the last time we were doing that, we were actually talking about body language. Do you remember that in our podcast a while ago? I try to talk about it all the time because I'm getting into the video game. And in the video world, you could see body language. So you, there's so much more that's being communicated in a podcast, in a video podcast. I would, you know, this cool concept, like a podcast for, for people who are deaf, hard of hearing, like the same sign language, <laughs> sign language podcast. Sure. That's just a video <laughs> with no sound. <laughs> oh man. Well, it could, it, well, there'll be translation over it. Right. So then the, there's people who could want to hear it. Right. Um, you could just have uh, subtitles. This is this is funny here. Let me uh, let me show this to you. So I got a I I got a follow follow request on Instagram, and I don't know who the girl is. So I'm like, okay, well she goes to Davis. Let me ask her. And then she's like, uh, she's like, oh, we actually never met. <laughs> she sends me this. This is why I, she said this is why I followed you. <laughs> I'm like, great. Like, oh, Joyrun. <laughs> yeah, Joyrun. Sure. Shouts out to Joyrun. So uh, ends up. Is, she, is there a picture of her? Yeah, right yeah. It ends up she's she's Persian and she's from Saratoga. Oh like, wow! Yeah. So I'm like, oh cool, like we can hang out later. Joy <laughs> That's amazing. You could hang out in Saratoga. Exactly in the van. In the van. Who could in the van? She seems like a. She just turned 21. She's a young girl though. Is that a bad thing for you? I now view young girls. Uh, are you? I now you 21 year old girls as very like just like kids now. Hmm. I view them as kids. I don't view them as adults anymore. I used to view them as adults when I was 21. Yeah. There's that. I'm now that I'm 25 and I, I've left the the 20 to 24 year old range is is kind of like okay, you're yeah. just getting to understand life a little bit better. You know, um, you're now like becoming to the person that you are, and then that 24 to 25, that's kind of like all right, closing the closing that book moving on so yeah it's about what 21 year old girls have they really don't know much about life to begin with to be honest with you yeah i don't know much either but i see what you're saying well if they know less than you and you don't know much then yes that's not yes, that much yeah, either way both of you is not it's that a much. fact <laughs> yeah so but uh, what i mean what is there to know what do you mean um what types of things uh like for example just like um like interactions with people like when you have when you go out and you have in when you meet people especially people that you are you know you would say like i have an, a, an intimate connection with or an emotional connection with uh you learn things from that person right and then right. you move on and then you meet another person and another person you learn things about yourself or you know uh, if you have big aspirations and big goals and big passions uh, the older you get, the more you do those things. You've accumulated, you've accumulated years of uh, x amount of hours for that passion, that skill. Mm -hmm. But when you're when you're when you're kind of just twenty one, you haven't really had that much time and experience because you've been in a bubble, you know, in a in a community, and you haven't really ventured off. Maybe you don't have a car. That's one. You know, yeah. you just limited yourself so of so many experiences. Oh, if you only like. You, you view dating in one way oh like okay well like or you've had a boyfriend for since you're in high school well you really haven't you really don't understand what dating is like in the adult world it's like you can't go down uh to a 
uh, to a bar and just have a beer and just chat and have one beer. You have to view having having beer as like like shit ton of like just chugging or like only drinking like vodka, like swigs and shit like that. Yeah, I see. What so what you're saying is younger people drink in a different way than maybe older people. That's do. just one factor. Yeah. But that's just that's just one of the things. Your, yeah, your view of drinking might not be to enhance what's already there. It might be to kind of cover up or drown out. Um, it's a very real personality. It's a really or something good like way of, of stating it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I see that. What's the purpose of certain? So things? when I hang out with twenty-year-old girls, I try to take a teacher responsibility to them. Like, here, I'm. Let me show you the way. Which I feel like often is happening now. Now that, like, the more girls I'm meeting, I'm always, like, in a way, I'm talking to them. But I feel like I'm convincing them of something. I'm not sure what I'm trying to convince them of. But I'm just living my life. And I'm telling them how the world is. How the real world is. How I view the world. And they're like, oh, wow, I kind of get that. And it seems like something something (laughs) is changing. I see what you mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They've like, never considered it before you said it. And then, and like, so my version of that is, is um, general views on anything. If I say, what is your view? And it's blank. And I say, oh, okay, well, here's my view. And they're like, oh, wow, yeah, then that's bad because it means you've never, you haven't really thought of it at all. And you can't develop a view in real time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so then it's like, oh, so whatever my view is, that's probably going to be what yours is. You don't really have any counter. And that's not useful for me. It's better if it's challenged with something better. And then I could be like, oh, that's true. That shit is better. I'd rather take that than stick with my own shitty exactly. thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it. I want you to update my shit. <laughs> I, I guess uh, uh, like a good example of this is um, when I, I meet girls who are in uh, relationships with, with their boyfriends. And, uh, you know, that's fine. Respect. I get it. Like, I'm not the type, I'm not the guy who's going to be there and be like, oh, you should break up with your boyfriend. But, like, I will tell you that being single is fucking awesome, especially when you're in college. That is just enough for to get them to think. And then, you know, I'm not making the decision, but then, you know, shit happens, doesn't work out. And, you know, there's one minute they're slipping in the van with me, you know? So... Uh, it's just, uh, that's an example of, of, you know, um, dating for, you know, younger girls and how it, I really don't think that, you know, at a young age, you really should be in a relationship. Mm. Monogamy and relationships should be reserved until after you graduate college and after you establish yourself, then you can make more of a serious decision. Do I want to spend some amount of time of my life with this person Right. that I won't get back? That's true. We should raise the kids to be poly and then end in a monogamous way. Not That makes a lot of sense to me, especially when you think about raising kids. Think, yes. Uh, you know, it, 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 I don't know shit about raising kids, but I imagine that it would be uh, – it's more stable to have um, just um, kind of monogamous parents and be easier to manage. <laughs> I don't know. Um but obviously, in the short term, while in college, while you know, while you're learning about things, if you're if you're in an environment where I, I think um, being in more relationships is conducive to learning more about yourself and about other people. And um, like one thing that I think is cool is when I have the same problem in multiple relationships. Obviously, I'm the problem. <laughs> if I have the, if I have a problem in a, in one relationship. I don't really know if I'm the problem or if they're the fucking problem. But if it's the same thing in multiple, then it's like, oh, this, I, this is a weakness that it has been exposed. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot of learning that can happen when um, you're, you're around different types of people. And, and you're, you're, you're reasonably close to different types of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, a lot of, uh, I guess, having the van really helped me. Um, challenge people in a way not just challenge myself but challenge others to see if like they could feel comfortable taking a step out of their comfort zone and and exploring a new side of them 
thinking differently in ways that I never thought before. Um, so yeah, it's been a fun, it's still going to be a fun social experiment. I did, I have been getting some thoughts where it's like, damn, like this is fucking like hard life a little bit. And I'm realizing like, it'd be nice to just, you know, like, you know, sleep in an apartment bed or like have like a shower to myself or, you know, not have to worry about my water. But, um, I think like, I think what happens with something like this is that you'll, it's really good in the beginning and like, but then too much of something could good could turn bad. And I could see this happening with that, but this is such a part of who I am that I won't let it go. That logically, economically, it just makes the best sense. Van life. Yes. So even while it may not feel good in some moments, like for example, my window broke, I can't roll it down and I can't, my to, to open it, I can't from the inside. Mm. So it's like, now I have to do, you know, it's things like that. Uh, one example, but at the end of the day, it, it, it's necessary to be the person who I am. I can't, I think I, I think I would get really depressed. Like, just, okay, next tomorrow you're living in an apartment. I think I would feel very lost, almost not myself. I would have trouble interacting with people like how I used to. I'd be very lonely, get very depressed. So I don't know. I plan on living in the van for the next five years of my life. Mm. You know, it's going to be when I go back home to Dianza, I'm going to have issues with my mother because I'm going to say, well, I'd rather just sleep in Cupertino. I have class in the morning. Why do I have to come back? Yeah. You know? Things Why like are you that. going back to De Anza? Because I'm going back to community college as well. Uh, I'm going back. I need to finish uh, general physics at San Jose City College. I also need to take uh, one more class. City? Oh, you're going to San Jose City? I'm going to two colleges, yeah. Why city? Uh, because they have um, non-calculus-based general physics. Oh, uh, and De Anza doesn't? De Anza does not, and a lot of other community colleges don't have that option. But what about Woodland? I haven't, the, the I, haven't, here. I haven't checked actually yeah. Woodland or. But if you have family in San Jose, right, it makes sense. You know, yeah. Um, it's just easier. And plus, I still have to go to De Anza anyways to take uh, a specific biology class in a series that I haven't finished. Just that last C, that class C, Bio 40C, mm. which I've already learned all the stuff here in Davis, but I just need the credential from that class. After that, will you be finished with school? It will be. Uh, Applying to uh, physical therapy school in fall 2021. But will you be finished with school in Davis? Yeah. Those are the last classes? Oh, well, I mean, I'm already going to be graduated. I'm going to be going back to community college, taking prereqs. I already have a degree. Oh, nice, nice, nice. But I'm still going to be coming back to Davis once a week for my internship. Mm. So I'm transient. I'm all over the place. Yeah. And the beauty of that is because I have the van. I wouldn't be able to... Like, how hard would it be to, like, come to Davis for an internship maybe once or twice a week? But, I mean, I guess I could just come with a car, a regular car, but then I'd have to leave right away. I could right. now have options. Like, well, I could maybe do a little bit more. I could, mm -hmm. you know, spend my time in different places. I don't have to be coming back. So, yeah, it's just, it's fucking really good. That's good. Yeah, dude. It's a fucking, I mean, you know how it is. You've been in here. You've seen all the bitches. <laughs> all of them we low-key kind of uh had what you had your own bitch i had my own bitch at one point <laughs> that was the most proudest moment of my life <laughs> i like i like how you're using the term bitches right now i only say bitches in my rap music oh no um <laughs> it's sometimes in real life but usually comedically well i'm saying it comedically too but you know <laughs> It's, it's my though. language with you. I don't yeah, want no, to no, talk no, like no, this. No, no, with, no. Uh, I think that's. I. I don't think that it's. Um, I don't think that it's necessary. Oh, I just want to say my pronouns are a he, him, and it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Simply because the women that you're referring to, if they were here and you asked, "Is it okay if I call you my bitch?" Some of them might answer yes, and I think it's more important what they think than what the general population thinks. Right. It's like dirty talk sometimes, you know? If you were to say the shit that you say, if you're talking dirty to somebody out in public, they say you're a monster. 
But in that environment, it might be exactly the right thing to say. Yeah, it's really, uh, (laughs) it's funny, like, people get, like, pissed off when you use that word or, you know, some people don't care. Sometimes the girls are saying it more than the fucking cisgendered males. (laughs) Which is hilarious. (laughs) Oh, I tell you this. uh, So I met a co-op, well, he wasn't a co-oper, but he was in the culture. Uh, uh, one of our uh, um, Armando's room. Oh, by the way, you hear about what happened with Armando? It's very unfortunate. No, of course not. He got in a car accident. Oh, wow. The car flipped over on the freeway four times while it was raining. Hydroplaned. Oh, man. Fucked up. Yeah. In and out was flying everywhere. It was bad. Uh, he's okay, but he yeah. had a near, very near-death experience. So yeah, wow. um, just be careful out there in the rain, folks. I know I might be riding tonight. Actually, just be careful, man. Go yeah. slow. Go the speed. Li- go under the speed limit. Um, One time, I rode on the freeway doing fifty-nine miles an hour. It was hilarious because <laughs> I was trying to save gas over the summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like in the right lane. Cars were flying by me. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I was saying, I just got sidetracked. Um, Armando got an accident. He's okay. That's good. God bless. Um, yeah, I, forget, I just forgot what I was going to say. My bad. Anyways. Um, well, let me tell you um, one of the things that, because uh, I think your laundry is up. Mm-hmm. Um, like we mentioned before, the um, there's a lot that's communicated through body language. So I'm hoping that within the next few weeks, which is, I might be going back to Santa Cruz soon, but... Um, Maybe if I don't, or maybe before then, within the next few weeks, I'm hoping to build um, a quote-unquote studio uh, in my living room. So uh, all that means is a place where I can get consistent sound and consistent video at the quality that I like. And what it's actually going to look like is just fucking hilarious. (laughs) Me sitting on a skateboard and a guest sitting in a chair looking under a bunk bed. But in the film, it sh- I, I have some prototypes for what I've wanted, and I'm going to install some new um, – I forgot exactly what they call them, but they're, they're diffusion sheets. But basically, I have LED lights to light up our faces, and then the diffusion sheet should turn that harsh LED light into soft light oh. so it will glaze over our faces. Nice. And the hope is that with this new uh, diffusion sheets that I'll install today – that I can get a um, consistent soft lit video in the day or night so that the podcast can be a little bit, it wouldn't so much be body language. It'd be more facial language. Cause I think it would be all headshot, but it could be uh, the quality can still have one camera or two cameras, two cameras. I already got the two cameras. Are you going to edit the shots or are you just going to have like when someone, I'll, sh- I'll show you a prototype of what I've done in the past and it'll, it'll be the same thing as that, but different place and um better lighting i have two more things i want to talk about yeah um so i actually just went to santa cruz last weekend with the van yeah and with the chick and it was amazing like drove from san francisco down highway one yeah and then i want to do that on my motorcycle there's a lighthouse in the middle of of um a hostel in the middle of San Francisco and Santa Cruz. Yeah. I slept overnight and then the morning drove to Santa Cruz and I was doing van life in Santa Cruz that day. And uh, I was like busting my music. I was in downtown. And then this like, probably this like uh, old gay hippie chick comes up and she's like, dude, that's fucking rad. It's yeah, fucking yeah. rad. You know, and all this. Yeah, she, yeah. And then uh, applauding me because it was like, I'm, even though I'm not from Santa Cruz, I'm coming from Davis. I'm, Fitting the Santa Cruz vibe so well. You know, um, uh, the young mathematician is moving to Santa Cruz. Amira? Yeah. Soon. They really? might have already moved. They're moving Wait, at the end of this month. Why did you tell me she got beat up? She didn't get beat up. <laughs> her hand got fucked up. What happened? She, she broke her hand or something. But they attacked her. They Did they actually physically you gotta ask her she said her hand she came out with because i injury. saw jr and he he was like oh that's not what happened I'm like i don't know what she came said. out with an injury so it's scar- <laughs> so it's scarred i remember they said they wanted to be moving to santa cruz but it scarred them so much that they like fuck this kind of right 
they because they've been thinking about going to Santa Cruz. Yeah. The, was this the final push for them to just get the fuck out of Davis? No. They were going to move anyway. They were saying this way before that event. Oh. Um, yeah. And, but anyways, like, uh, I was just, like, really loving it that, like, you know, I had, like, the Hobie Cat Vanagon in Santa Cruz. And now, you know, uh, the stereotypical uh, gay lesbian old ladies is plotting me. And I was like, yes, I'm doing it right. <laughs> doing it right. Yeah. And she was like, you're, you're, she's like, uh, you got the setup, like you're doing it. She's like, you're going, you're, she was saying that like, uh, this is kind of what we used to do back in the day, yeah. which is like, you know, in the eighties and stuff, people would have their van parties and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to see that I was, uh, you know, uh, like a throwback to the past and from that person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Van life in Santa Cruz is fucking awesome. I totally live there. Yeah. You should visit the mathematician before they leave. I'll visit them there. Or visit them there, or both. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever been to the house here? I have been to their house. Okay, cool. Yeah, I slept. They have, a, they have that driveway, that parking lot. That's the best spot to park the van right there by their house. They have yeah. a little parking lot right there. Yeah. That's really that's really nice for van life. Mm. Yeah. Um. It's time for the... Uh, oh, I forgot the second thing I was going to talk about, but fuck it, whatever. Um, I'm making an online store, and I have merch now. Do you wear hats, beanies, or sweaters? I mean, you see all these hats right here. Do you have sheep shit? I mean, chef shit. Yeah, I have ha chef hats. How much? I'd, I'd like to buy one, man. I'd like to I mean, buy I think, one. Uh, I th okay, I think a beanie is probably 25, and a snapback's probably 30. How much is a shirt? Sh oh, I don't know. I'll have to double check. I don't even think I'm, I've uploaded shirts right now. No, it's snapback. It's, prob it's probably Snap twenty. Oh, like these? It's yeah. It's yeah. It's the little thing. I'm wearing one now. Oh shit! It has a. But this isn't the one that I sell. This is the one I ordered when I lived in San Jose, and the one that I sell has this. Uh, it's a lot thicker, and it's a little bit more symmetrical. Well, should uh, should send me a uh, a link or something, and I'll. Uh, I will do a shout out to you on my IG. Yeah, I'm getting it together over the next couple of weeks, and that's something that I can do even if I'm in Santa Cruz. Whereas the studio, I have to be here to work on it. Is your uh, is your shift tonight at twelve midnight? Yeah, Friday, Saturday. If I end up do, I am gonna hang around in Davis for the evening. I do want to leave. Like basically, the time you want to go to work is the time I want to leave to San Francisco. Oh, you drive at night? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like I want to get there the night before. Uh, it's just easier. Yeah. Um, but in the evening prior to us leaving, do you want to smoke some hookah in the van? Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. And also... Um, it's like throwback to summer days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so is it that time now? Yeah. Most important question in the universe. Are you ready? Ready for what? The most important question. Time? No, I'm not ready. Okay. I am not ready. All right. Well, I fucked that. I'll do a new one then. <laughs> <laughs> well I, I thought that that was the answer to the question can i explain the reasoning behind yeah. it uh or do you want a new new question new question new question all right are you ready for the most important question in the universe yes yes i am oh wait, let's uh <laughs> wait why don't you answer the question then answer the phone <laughs> okay the most well, important it's, it's question um, in the universe uh, time or no, space? i was processing time or space uh space uh, because we need to make safe spaces for all the social justice warriors out in the world. That's right. Psych. <laughs> all right.